getting towards a pivotal point of the season. In fact, you know what, Nick Dubano, we've reached one of the pivotal events of the Victorian footballing calendar. You know what we, what milestone we uh, reached this week after we all nearly blew away in the blustery winds of uh, the most recent match week? What's that? What time of the year is it, Nick? It's July. No, no. The final it's mathematical season. relegation time. Oh, yeah, it That's is That's what too. time yeah, of the year yeah, well, it is. You, you caught me off guard there, Lockman. Lockie Flanagan and Nick Dubano with you. Back again on the NPL Victoria podcast. And for the first time, we can announce with heavy hearts, heavy hearts, our first mathematical relegation of the Victorian footballing season, or at least in the MPLs, because yes. a lot of them aren't running automatic yes. uh, relegation at the moment. But the Eastern Lions, they are down. They are saying goodbye to the NPL at season's end. And unfortunately, despite their uh, courageous namesake, the Lions, they're going out with a bit of a whimper. Yep, 2-0 loss against Melbourne Knights on Saturday down at Gardner's Creek Reserve. The wait for a win, the wait for a point at home Extends and it looks like it will extend potentially into August, potentially into 2023. Because we've only got now two games left at home for the season, four games left for the season. But yes, 13 points inside the drop zone. Hume City, uh, they didn't have to really do much. They actually lost against Heidelberg, but Eastern Lions just had to get something. But Melbourne Knights back in some form with a win on Saturday. I think that's probably the best place to start because obviously we've got to get through everything. But it is, it is. But before we go there, Nick, I, I just want to ask, I don't know, because I spent so much time talking about the uh, the ins and outs, the nuts and bolts of the actual league that I forgot to connect with with Nick the person. How are you, Nick? Because it was it was a wet and wild weekend. The <laughs> you, gusts, you, you, the, they were going. There was gale force winds everywhere I feel like looked. I've been handed a sock. Like I'm Dobby. Dobby reference, not a weird nefarious thing going on. I've been handed like a sock, like Dobby. I'm finally asking, asking you how you are. No, I am capable. I am good. It's been a, it's been a busy, busy few days. Saturday down. Did you survive the the blast? Well, I'm here, Lockie. So I just made it. I just made it through on Saturday. I just made it through on Monday at the Venator Club as well. Down we were at. We'll talk about that one a little bit later. Well. Well, we, we hope everyone listening as well have made it through the yeah. weekend safely with all the wind. And uh, thank you as well over the weekend that those of you who didn't blow away yep. were uh, able to leave well, some, you, some very nice comments uh, about the show as well over the weekend. We got some nice feedback, so that yeah. was, uh, that was but, pleasing. But, but how are you after a doubleheader on Saturday? You were in Epping, you were oh, in Ding I did, Dong. I did f- four games this weekend. Jesus. Uh, yeah, um... <laughs> There's a, there's a yeah. bit there's a small shred left Preston. of my of my sanity remaining, yep. and I'm using it to get through uh, to yeah. get through this hour. But yeah, uh, all all really good games this weekend. I was actually quite blessed. Mm. Four games. Uh, I got to cover I think every league, every NPL league for the first time in a mm-hmm. weekend. Men's so, leagues, of course. Uh, NPL, yes, every men's league. I didn't get to do the women's this week, but uh, yeah, one, two, and three. Uh, and great goals in all of the games. Looking forward to, to talking about yeah. it. But we'll start with uh, a game that neither of us did, but our close associates uh, were covering it, Ed yep. Gooden and Pakua Frimpong there for our first relegation. We've mm-hmm. teased it enough already. Uh, Melbourne Knights 2, Eastern Lions nil at Gardeners Creek Reserve. The Lions going down after three seasons in the top flight, I guess, yeah. if, you can, uh, if you can call the past two seasons... Uh, you know, if you can call them a season, really. But, uh, well, yeah, they do finally go down. It's a disappointing finish, I think, because, you know, they've had a lot of change. Um, from what I understand, a bit of divide about where they wanted to take the club this season, about some thinking, all right, do we load up mid-year and try and, you know, put together an unlikely survival push or do we just focus on playing the kids? And um, in the end, they went for the latter uh, they sold a lot of players. I mean, Ryan Losty, Charlie Fry, uh, uh, Ioannis Georgiopoulos amongst them, uh, all departed for, for other clubs. And in the end, I mean, the focus towards playing the kids and, and really just the quality of this squad was not enough to, to stay up. And I think the mm. writing's been on the wall now for quite some time. It's disappointing because at the start of the season, the first few weeks, they were, they were competitive. Mm. Uh, they, they were very competitive early in the season. And now... It's back to the drawing board. And I'm a bit concerned for them, Lockie, because as we've seen, MPL 2 is not an easy league to get out of. And MPL 2 uh, has the tendency to throw a bit of a spanner into the works in terms of, you know, the promotion race. And uh, especially when you look at, you know, the teams that might not go up this year, which we'll talk about a bit later in the quality in that division. 
if you don't have the quality and you don't load up on it, um, you can find yourself being stuck there for quite some time. So no, and even even when you do load up on quality, it's it might no not even be enough. And Dandy and yeah. Obsidian are not odds on to to save themselves. No. I guess you can. So basically, for them, and it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with Andrea Lombardo as the head coach because he still hasn't won a game yet since taking over, yeah. replacing Costi Puskasu. So for them, back to the drawing board for Melbourne Knights, a win. It's been a long time coming for them. They yeah, well, the, the, the yeah. fact that they didn't play a game the previous week yep. definitely added to that long wait. But it's been a while between drinks for them. Uh, it's a much-needed three points for them as well just to get things back on track a little bit. We know that right now they're simply just playing for pride. Uh, finals, I mean, even with the game in hand, they're 10 points off. Look, they win that game in hand, they're seven points off with four games to go. That's uh, not I'm, gonna happen. I'm sorry, Knights fans, if you're listening, but um, you, you, yeah. you're not a final. Focus not on final 2023, season. so a bit uh, for them to Yeah, all, all I really want to say, uh, you know, we kind of have to give a perfunctory match uh, match report because it was kind of a, a Melbourne Knights game in the end, but a great performance from uh, from John Albano, a beautiful beautiful first goal, hitting it with the outside of his foot, and then a really, really mazy sort of dribble and run uh, down the left-hand side, setting up uh, young Luca Kolic, who uh, I think 18 years of age, and he now has two uh, mm. senior goals in his debut year for Melbourne Knights, and both both very well-taken goals. Mm. I think he, I, I actually think in what has been a difficult season for the Knights, he has been a really real, uh, a real bright bright spark. I've really been impressed by his performances, and this was getting towards the, one of the best lineups I've seen from the Melbourne Knights this season. There are still a yeah. few dud players that I think they'll have to move on, but maybe some maybe some great... Very, very harsh there, Ma- duds. Uh, there's just some players that are, yeah. I, I don't really rate. They're gonna have, look, if they're going to want to get back to, you know, being a finals team and competing amongst the top echelon of... Well, and not only that, but if they're going to be potentially a national second division side as Absolutely. well, which who knows if that's going to happen next yeah. year or not. Uh, you know, your mail is as good as ours at this point, listeners. But... Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to, to need more up. than what they're putting together now. Uh, fi- final one before we move on to this form this game. Uh, two-part question for you, Nick. A, do you have a favourite Eastern Lions NPL top flight memory? And, and B, <laughs> uh, do you see them getting back to the top flight, bouncing um, straight back up? When I, After I answer these, I'm going to ask the same question of you. Uh, but for Eastern Lions, probably uh, in terms of favourite memory, I think actually, even though I didn't win this game, it was the first home game of the season this year against Oakley. Um, down 2-0 early, found a way to get back into the contest and levelled things. There was a real good vibe around Gardens Creek Reserve that day. It was a hot day, but it was a really... There was a lot of promise in that team. And, you know, they, they, they were playing some good football. I mean, they had the likes of Drewsus running around, still had lost his side fry. Um, they were going for it. They looked rejuvenated. I mean, that's up there certainly with their first game up in 2020. Obviously, unfortunately for them, you know, and the unfortunate circumstances surrounding the club and obviously the coach in that in those few years, Lockie, um, it's obviously been a few tough years for Eastern Lions in the Eastern Lions community. Um, but do I see them going back up, Lockie? Uh, probably not. I think they're going to find it really hard to come back up next year. They're going to have to load up. Um, because the teams that don't go up next season, um, especially from MPL, uh, MPL2, if you're looking at, you know, right now, just say for hypotheticals, the likes of Boleyn and... Well, um, I mean, a, a, lot of, over. a lot of the relegated teams have shown just how yeah, hard, hard it is to look, get back into you, the top flight. You look at Boleyn, you look at Pasco Vale, I mean, Kingston, Kingston King, as well. Kingston are in yeah, danger yeah, of going absolutely. into MPL3 at this rate. Um, it's, it's hard. You look at the teams coming up from MPL3. I mean, Preston Lions aren't going to be an easy beat at all next season. We know they're going to load up going into and next year. And the academy year. sides too. Yeah, Melbourne City aren't going to be an easy beat, whether it's Victory or Western United, even none avoiding. We don't know. So, I mean, Eastern Lions, I think, are going to find it very hard if they're going with the same strategy of just playing the kids because they're going to have to load up. They're going to have to go again. They're going to have to get some big signings in if they want to get back up to the top tier. Lockie, what about you in terms of uh, happy moments and do you see them coming well, actually, back up? It was, look, it was a bit of a self-serving question because I did have a clear leader for favourite Eastern Lions uh, moment and it was a, a bit of a, a sentimental moment. Uh, March, 5th of March 2021, the Eastern Lions played South Melbourne at Lakeside Stadium. And if memory memory serves me correctly, it was the first game they played after the Jimmy passing Williams, of yep. the late great Jimmy Williams, who was uh, the, the long-serving coach who got them up to the NPL Victoria in the first place. It was a one-all draw in the end, but all things considered, that's a, ma- uh, you know, a massive result against South Melbourne. But they opened the scoring uh, through Jonas Georgopoulos, who scored this brilliant drive from the edge of the box, and they had this lovely... Uh, Lovely, you know, celebration. 
as a team. And I think that at that time there was some real sort of, um, you know, obviously pain because of the, the, the circumstances of what happened, but hope that the team mm. would sort of um, carry on his his legacy. And yeah. look, I, I think I think they have, have done that in, in many respects, even if they are going back down to the MPL2. As for them coming back up, I think a lot of it depends on... See, my, my, I'm biased by the fact that I've watched Eastern Lions play in the NPL2 and I was covering that 2019 season where they were just such a dominant force mm. in the Eastern Conference. I think I would have said yes. I would have said yes because I do think their brand of football is really suited to the NPL2. Sure. But the removal of the conference system I think really hurts them because they are coming up yeah. against more, more regularly against the the likes of the the western western conference teams which was traditionally uh the more stronger conference i mean we saw st albans spank eastern mm. in the sort of npl2 grand mm. final quite convincingly so i wonder if that might hamper them i'll be keeping an eye out to see who they sign though because if they bring in the right players their style of football is suited to this competition Absolutely. if they stick with the the youth approach that they've been going with in the back half, the, half of this season with andrea lombardo they'll probably just stay where they are but look that might be okay because I think even five, ten years ago, if you said Eastern Lions would be an MPL club, even to people from Eastern Lions, they 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 wouldn't have believed you. Well, Eastern Lions season wraps up. St Albans away on Sunday, Hume City at home uh, on the thirtieth, and Green Gully away in Heidelberg at home. So there's actually some winnable games in there, especially I against St Albans. And Hume. Get a result. I think Albans. now the pressure you know, might come off them a little bit and they might be able to put something together. Meanwhile, for Melbourne Knights, their season continues against Dandy Thunder. Of course, they're still going to play the game against Green Gully that was postponed a fortnight ago, as well as taking on Oakley, Altona and Port Melbourne. Lockie, let's move on to game two of the week and obviously a lot of action and a lot of exciting action. Uh, we'll get to our match of the round later, which is Oakley, South Melbourne. But let's go to Sunday. Heidelberg versus Hume. Um, a lot on the line for both teams. Heidelberg winning 3-2. Heidelberg staying right in touch with the top six as a result. Mm. Um, now only goal difference behind Green Gully in the race for sixth. Um, but meanwhile, for Hume, two points clear. That gap with Dandy City um, just slowly, you know, it closes just a little bit after Dandy City getting the point against Port Melbourne. But uh, very entertaining game. Hume pushed Heidelberg right to their limits, but Heidelberg just too strong in the end, bouncing back after two games without a win. Yeah, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed watching this on the Sunday on MPL.tv. I didn't go down to uh, Olympic Village. Unfortunately, it was a little bit uh, too... Too uh, cold. <laughs> too cold. Too cold for that one. But yeah, um, absolutely cracking game. Honestly, the, the result goes the way of Heidelberg in the end... But this, this could have gone in, in either direction, to be quite honest with you. I mean, if you haven't watched the goals already from the weekend, definitely make sure you go back and watch uh, Sean Ellis's goal inside the opening five minutes. An absolutely beautiful curling strike from the Scotsman. And yes, I am biased because he's a Scotsman. But it is just so, it continues to be really, really good to see that he's weathered that storm of injury that he dealt with in the opening phase of the season and now is really kicking into that sort of old. Sean Ellis delivering on a yeah. consistent basis at a, a level that we know um, is really, really solid and one that we know that he's been capable of in the past. That'll be, I think, a big... Uh, assuming that Heidelberg do make it into the finals because it's not a guarantee. No, it is not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee at all, but I think he will be... You know, his rejuvenation will be a real, um, real ace in the hole for them. But honestly, on the balance of chances, this game could have gone either way. Hume created a real, real lot of chances over the course of the 90. I think Goran Lozanovsky said it full-time. Uh, they created enough opportunities to win two games. I don't know if I'd go that far, but they certainly, mm. I think, were, were better value than a 3-2 loss suggests. But that opening goal after five minutes was just it. That was it for a very, very long, long time, time in this yeah. game. And then out of nowhere, it exploded. Heidelberg thought they'd uh, wrapped it up when Owen Ashton tapped into uh, an empty net about 12 minutes before the full-time whistle and then swiftly Hume pulled one back. It was a very, very nice goal. In fact, no, 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 it wasn't. It, the the, the final goal, goal was the no final goal. goal. It was an own goal yeah. from Kane Shepard who then made it 3-1, redeeming himself on the other end of the pitch. And again, Heidelberg were like, oh, thank God. Okay, a little bit of a scare, but we've survived the threat of Hume. We've seen them off. But then again in stoppage time, 
a ripping goal from from Lockie Weir to make the final three minutes interesting. Unfortunately, not enough for Hume, but yeah, I think they will come away from that game yeah. buoyed by even though they the fact that even though they didn't get the result, their performances are good enough to me to suggest that they will stay up in this competition. Yeah, no, I agree. And Hume at the moment, coming off those two wins going into this game, were full of confidence. They'll take that confidence, despite not winning, into their game against Green Gully next Saturday. Heidelberg, on the other hand, hosting Dandenong City. So I think that Hume fans will be hoping that Heidelberg can do them a favour against the side that is only now two points behind them because a Dandy City win and a uh, Hume loss will put Hume back into the bottom two. But for me... I think Hume City will probably still stay up when it's all set and done. But good on Kane Shepherd as well, getting on the score sheet. Lockie, he's now up to third on the Golden Boot standings. 12 goals this season, five behind Harry Sawyer and two behind Wade Decker. He's having a good run at the moment. And we know that Heidelberg have a certain Australia Cup game coming up in about a week's time. So he's certainly going to be one of those guys to really keep an eye on. So we'll just wonder as well how the Australia Cup phase for a lot of these teams, including Heidelberg, might impact them in terms of squad rotation. So it's something to certainly keep an eye on in the weeks to come. Lockie, let's keep the train rolling into game three. And let's go back to Friday night. We spoke about Green Gully. 2-0 winners against St Albans. Um, so, something of a local, local, derby local derby as well. Green Gully, after three games without a win, got back on the winner's list. Uh, quite a convincing 2-0 win. St Albans, on the other hand, another game without a win. We spoke about them and Altona being dragged somewhat close, which they have as a result of Dandy City now getting four points in their last six. Uh, six point, four out of a possible six points in their last two games. I was going to say four, um, four But St. Is Albans' issues impressive. in front of goal continue to plague them. Now, this is now... Is a seven? So one goal in their last seven games. Mm. And that is really concerning right now. But Green Gully, on the other hand, in the top six, got a game in hand in that real log jam for the last three spots inside the top six, but a massive three points going their way after a bit of a rough run. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's been it's been a bit of a you know wild few weeks for Gully. Obviously, they were quite for quite a long time this season, sort of enshrined in their position as best of the rest behind mm-hmm. you know South Oakley Port, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, three weeks and you know they're sort of fighting to to maintain that position inside the top six. So to win the winnable games, which you know St Albans is a game they should be winning, uh, they did it. And I think the most pleasing aspect of it as well is that both Noel Bernarda, who um, scored for the first time in, in three weeks, uh, and Alex Salmon both got on the score sheet in this game. It's I, I just don't think, for all the, the positives of Green Gully this season, I don't know if they've quite figured out how best those two can function together yeah. and operate. When it does work, it really works well, but we don't necessarily see it uh, consistently enough, in my view. So to see them both score... Uh, was was really, really good, although I don't think uh, St Albans keeper Will Lejeune will want to see no. Alex Salmon's goal again. Still the second best, uh, clear second best chip that we've yeah. seen at Green Gully Reserve over the years. Uh, Alex Salmon playing second fiddle to Liam Boland in, mm. in those stakes. But, yep, good win for Gully. Uh, 2-0 scoring, you know, pretty much Just either side of the, win, yeah. of the start and the end of the game. And, uh, yeah. Well, Good for them. St. Albans, on the other hand, Lockie, as we mentioned, they are six points inside or six points clear at the moment. They are still sitting in 11th. They host Eastern Lions on Sunday. That's going to be a must. i, I, I got to say, just to make it, just to make sure of it, Lockie, I, I'm going to be blunt here and say I think that's must win for St. Albans. Just to get a bit of confidence back, you want to be beating Eastern Lions um, as well, who are already relegated, while Green Gully taking on a buoyant Hume side, really a desperate Hume side. So that game is going to be a danger one. A bit of a, a northwest derby uh, in their own right, so another bit of a, a close proximity geographical rivalry there. So Green Gully looking to continue their, well, continue their winning ways after the win on Friday. Let's now go to Saturday, Lockie, Saturday afternoon at Paisley Park. Avondale won, Altona nil. Big win for Avondale in terms of, as well, getting back into some form after two losses, well, three in all competitions, especially going into their game on Thursday against Mindil Aces in the Australia Cup. Um, Again, 
I mean, a 1-0 scoreline, whether it's Altona winning or Altona losing, has sort of become the norm this season, Lockie. But uh, they got the job done. They're fourth. They've got themselves a one-point gap on Heidelberg at the moment, but it's a really important three points going into the last month of the season. Well, I mean, you were talking about teams who have been, you know, struggling in front of goal, and it's it's not, not a shock, really, to see that St Albans and Altona are currently locked on 23 points with one another and both sort of... While not pressing the the panic buttons that I'm sure exist at Churchill Reserve and Paisley Park, uh, the the you know the finger would be be hovering over the button yeah. at the moment because there are only two goals for them in their last five games and they have lost all five in that stretch. They're the last win uh, actually over Dandenong Thunder a few mm-hmm. you know over a month ago now. So. God, like it, this was a relegation battle that was just between Hume and Dandy City. It was whoever yeah. whoever's going to go out of these two, and just slowly but surely, we have seen these two teams above. Maybe it was a psychological thing. Maybe they both thought that they were safe, you know, were, were home and dry. But slowly but surely, they are being dragged pretty violently at the moment uh, back into yeah. the, the the relegation race. I, as you said earlier, the sort of ace in the hole for, for St Albans and also for Hume is that they both get to play the Eastern Lions in their rema- remaining games of the season. Uh, Dandy City and Altona do not have that luxury. And I do just think that yeah, there's a case to be made that St Albans or Altona, their form merits relegation. relegation but I... Their early season form they was would, enough. They they are still, despite all of it, if if Dandy Donk City were on 19 points and level with Hume, then I'd be like, okay, you guys should really be freaking the hell out right now. <laughs> but the fact that it's a six-point gap yeah. from Dandy Donk City with a healthy goal difference to St. Albans well. and Altona would make me relax a bit more. Maybe they can afford to take their foot off the gas because Dandy Donk City's run home, Heidelberg away, Avondale, South, Bentley. I literally yeah. could not think of a, a worse, worse yeah. run to have of four games to save yourself. Let me just say that, though, that the Dandy City are going to be potentially taking on three opposition who are coming off short turnarounds from their Australia Cup games, which might okay. just throw a bit of a spanner into the works. We know Avondale's squad is ruined by injury at the moment. And I, I, like, I like your devil's advocate. Yeah, and Heidelberg yeah. playing this weekend, going into that game against Brisbane Raw, be a curious sort of watch to see how George Katsakis sort of takes that game. So that's something just to keep an eye on. Bit of a subplot there, but I still think that Altona will stay up just. Every every team has undoubtedly, well, not easy, an easier run. Altona, uh, South, Bentley, Knights, St. Albans, uh, St. Albans, Eastern, Thunder, Oakley, and then Altona on the final day. So that'll be fascinating. And then Hume have Gully, Eastern, Thunder, and Oakley. So uh, Dandy Dong City's clearly got the... uh, the most work yeah. cut out from that from that run, which would be fine if they didn't have 17 points. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about Dandy City when they got that 17th point. It's a massive point for them because their real um, horror run home started on Saturday down at JL Murphy Reserve in Port Melbourne. They went down 1-0 early thanks to Chris Duggan, but managed to pull one back and get the equaliser through Nicholas Dibb, who's back at Dandy Nong City, back scoring goals. And that's a massive point for Dandy City because right now all points are a luxury right now to keep themselves in the hunt. So what that really means is they're only two points behind. They're six off Altona and St Albans and obviously going into that run home. It's a big point for them. For Port Melbourne, it's two points dropped in my opinion because with Oakley dropping points, it was a golden opportunity for them to get within two points of Oakley and potentially get a top two spot. So... I know it does close the gap to four points in a sense with that point, but I think that uh, Adam Piddick's side would be a bit disappointed they didn't claim all three from a game that really they should have won. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we we can see Port Melbourne sometimes struggle a little bit against against teams like this, particularly in recent weeks. Uh, I know I know that most people are impressed with Port's ability to to play the ball on the deck, and rightly so. But in the last few weeks, their sort of most potent area and what's really allowed them to blow by teams has been their threat on the transition. Like so many of their goals in recent times, pretty much all four they scored uh, against Altona, both goals they scored against Dandenong Thunder, I know that's a few weeks mm. ago now, but have all been catching opposition sides out on the break and, and yeah. moving forward, getting the ball at the other end in a few passes. So it's not surprising that, you know, a team like Dandenong City not necessarily going to give them that same sort of space is a, is a game in which they struggle. 
look, great draw for Dandenong City, but the problem is mm. their final four games of the season, if they're all draws, it does nothing for them. They need wins. They need wins. Like a dr- yeah. This draw is great, but... It, but, it but can't, with, that with, can't be it. But that with Hume dropping points and their really poor goal difference in compared to com, compared to Hume, it does take it under three points. That's true. It does it's help still a value, to an yeah, extent. It's still a valuable point. It but is. there's going to like there's they, going have to, to, start winning, to yeah. be at least one win from those four I, that they've got left. Before we move on from this game, I must apologise. The it was confirmed. We'll, we'll deliberate in this before the before the um the show. The final touch for Port Melbourne's Open that came off Ross Archibald. So it wasn't a Chris Duggan goal. So yes. Chris Duggan uh, missed the opportunity to get his twelfth of the season, uh, which would have taken him level third in the Golden Boot standings. Also, the good thing is. Uh, he didn't score the goal, but he was crucial in setting it up. It was yep. his shot that mm-hmm. deflected to Nicholas Dibb to uh, tap into an empty net. Uh, another Nicholas go- Dibb. Sorry. Talk about Chris Duggan. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the I'm talking about the Danny oh, City goal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Danny City goal here. Yeah, yeah. It was his shot that deflected towards Nick Dibb to allow him to score the equaliser. Uh, another good performance, I thought, from. Tommy Semi, his direct running style is really, really suiting Dandenong City, and I'm glad, glad that. Regardless of well, I'm glad that Altona look like they're probably going to be okay because he's going to be in a team that may well get relegated, but he will be coming back and staying with us in the NPL, and that is a relief yeah. because I do think Absolutely. in the right system, as we're seeing at the moment, uh, there's a real player in Tommy Semi. Well, it's going to be interesting next week because, as we said, Dandy City take on Heidelberg and Port Melbourne playing on Tuesday night against Avondale down at well, it's not ABD Stadium anymore; it's the Valley. Sports. Valley Park Events Valley Park Events Come on, uh, yeah. Nick. Lockie, sorry, mate. But that game, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, has some big stakes on the line, especially for a certain premiership. Um, Lockie, let's go to Saturday night, but we'll go to your game that you had the luxury of calling down at George Andrews Reserve. Danny Nong Thunder 2, Bentley Greens 2. On this show, you've been advocating for the late finals push for Danny Nong Thunder. And at one point, this is two weeks in a row now, they've looked like they're going to go on to an unlikely win and two weeks in a row now, they've coughed up said lead and dropped points. Uh, so is that it for Dandenong Thunder? It's a valuable point for Bentley, but have you lost faith yet? Seven oh. points off, four games to go. Oh, I'm really, I'm, I'm bullish about this. <laughs> yeah, you're hanging on. Yeah, Actually, hang no, on. I, I guess I'd be, I guess I'd be a bear in 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 uh, investment terms. But anyway, I, I don't know investing. This is not investing. This is not the barefoot investor. Uh, we're not doing that. I think that might be it. They really, really needed to win this game. If they got the three points, which they were right up until the final 10 minutes of the match, uh, odds on to do, the gap between them and sixth place would have been four points, which is doable. Yes. Which which is is definitely doable. Now, as I look over at the table, it's, it's seven points. It's really, really hard to do that uh, in, in four games, particularly when I know, well, A, they've still got Heidelberg in front of them, but, you know... It's 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 going it's to be, be tough. tough for them, but it was so close. It was so so close. They look. They weren't necessarily. Neither team, I think, were at their best to start the game. Bentley Greens, I think, struggled a little bit inside the opening twenty minutes while dominating more of the ball. They didn't create a lot of mm. good attacking chances. I think it was, um, you know, clear that they were coming off that short turnaround of the Doherty Cup, uh, which again is another important thing to yep, factor in. Because on, yep. Maybe the reason I'm only drawing the line through Thunder in grey lead pencil at the moment is all three teams above them in the finals fight all have to travel, all yep. have to do... Well, I mean, Heidelberg don't Well, you at said this wait, stage. all three or all, all four teams, Lockie, all have to play in the Australian Cup. Well, I guess Avondale yeah. are only one point yeah. further ahead, so yeah. let's let's not rule them out yeah, of this yeah. race for the top six. But they all have to play FFA Cup. They're all going to be operating off these shorter turnarounds, mm-hmm. so maybe that just gives them a little bit of a chance. But they could have really enshrined that if they got the win. Uh, they got off to a really good, you know, despite being on the back foot in the possession stakes in the opening 20 minutes. Uh, the two new mid-season signings, Anthony Frangie and Scott Lockhead, combining for... A pretty nice goal from Anthony Frangie. And I think he, as I suspected, this was their first home game uh, back at George Andrews since the mid-season window, so first time back for three games. And I think Anthony Frangie really relished the chance to play uh, in front of the home crowd, even if it was a reduced home crowd because of the weather. Mm -hmm. Then uh, a big high ball over the top from a corner. Just five minutes later, they like to do things. They're a momentum team, Thunder. They like to surge. And uh, Tom Maricic... Heading home from the uh, the corner, which is a big uh, Pierce Clark kind of lost it in the air. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. He does have a bit of that. I, I like him. I think he's a good shot stopper, but he does have a bit of that kind of, um, you know, error-prone stuff in yeah. his game now and again, and I do think he could have done a bit better with that one. Anyway, <laughs> Thunder at 2-0, I think, were content to sit on that lead. They didn't They didn't look particularly... Like, the time-wasting started from before the second half whistle blew because Bentley Greens at halftime, they were back out uh, straight away. Thunder didn't come out until, like, probably four or five minutes after Bentley came out. Yeah. And to the point where Yanni Zizis, the referee, had to march into wow. the Thunder rooms and, like, blow the whistle and get them to come out. So there were these constant complaints during the second half from Nick Tolios saying, like, why do we only have two balls, that the wind was, you know, taking the balls when they were off-target off shots from Bentley, 20 metres down, you know, down the sort of car park grass area at George Andrews, and... Shockingly, no one was in a real hurry to get them back. So the, the delay tactics from Thunder started really, really early. Some of them, mind you, were wind-assisted. Noah James kept putting his ball down for goal kicks, but because the wind was so strong, it kept rolling out of place. And rather than trying to kick it on the move, he would go out of his way to make sure he replaced mm. it to the point where it happened five times in a row from a single goal kick. Five times he set the ball down and it rolled out of place. So... Maybe Thunder deserved this eventual Bentley comeback, but, yeah, Bentley started to create better chances. Noah James made some good saves, and then it was a bit of a scrapper in the end, a big cross uh, passed from from right to left. Jacob Alexander is able to, to head it across goal. He did really well to actually work hard mm -hmm. to keep that a contest. Uh, Ajak Riak hits the ball. It smacks off the underside, and I think eventually he's credited with the goal, but it might have come off a, a Thunder player in the in the mix there. But then... 76 minutes, Bentley Greens were absolutely back on. And this is the interesting thing about them is that final 15 minutes of games is where they are sort of yeah. at their at their most potent. It's the I green think. zone. It, it is the green zone because they've scored 39 goals this season and, well, not half of their goals. I think it's 17 now have been in the final 15 wow. minutes, which is not half of their goals. But it's, an, it's quite a high proportion. And two of them came in this game and it ended yeah. up saving them a point. Ajak Riak scoring his second in the 87th minute, played through uh, beautifully off the bench by a reverse pass from Mitch Hoare. And, yeah, Bentley Greens were mounting their case for a winner, but they had to contend themselves with a draw. A uh, much better point for the Greens than it was for Thunder, who, yeah, like yeah. I said, maybe that is just just the end of their finals run. But I do think we are seeing what they might be capable of. Absolutely. And Dandy Thunder taking on Melbourne Knights on Friday night down at Knights Stadium. So they're really going to have to win that game. And Bentley, because of their Australia Cup duties against Broadmeadow at Kingston Heath on Thursday, have had their clash with Oakley moved to Monday. Obviously, Oakley as well, playing on Thursday mm. night against Bonnie Rigg up in New South Wales. So that game has been moved to then. So don't go to Kingston Heath, Heath on Friday. Go on Thursday for the Australia Cup. Well, and unless you're going for, like, Monday. golf driving yeah, range sure, reasons. but... I'm saying if you're going for the Don't football. Don't go for football, yeah. No. no, that's a good point. Let's go to the final game of the weekend. and uh, The match of the round. The match of the and round. We're getting the chance to <laughs> cheat this week because, yeah. like we say, we always get someone on from the match of the Absolutely. round. This time, we've got someone got in the room me. who was there for it. Got so me. here we are. So Nick South Melbourne versus Oakley. And, oh, my God, it was freezing down at Lakeside. Did you I'm know shocked. when you're right next I'm to shocked. Albert Park Lake? When you're near a bo we, 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 we were talking about the bodies of water yesterday when we were down at the Venetal Club, and we speak about how when you're closer to a body of water on a cold night, it feels like it's cooler because yes. the water comes, the, the air comes, oh, look, I'm no meteorologist, but from what I can gather, it feels like it's cooler when you, it's like when you're near the beach, it feels cooler when yeah, you go down there. Yeah, we're getting the water off the... Yeah, so you're getting it off the lake. Yeah. And so it felt freezing down at Lakeside. Now, yeah, well, I, I just want to give, give the, the, the listeners and the viewers an inside track into uh, the, the lead up to this game because you hadn't really, uh, you'd been busy during the day, so you hadn't really left the house before going to Lakeside. And you sent me this message saying, oh, Christ almighty, it's cold. Yeah. Now, I'd obviously been at Epping Stadium during the day, so I knew exactly how cold it was. And my basically, yeah. I said to you, like, so, Lakeside is a wind chamber at the best of times, mm -hmm. let alone at what this is now, which is the worst of times. So, so I can on, imagine it would have been blustery. On Saturday, obviously, was with my cousins. We watched the footy together all day. Didn't go outside. It was beautiful. We were supposed to go out to watch the game, and then we said, it's too cold. Let's go and watch it at the Dubano residence. Why not? So, not go outside, sensational. 
So I left the house. I went to office works as we do to go print off our notes. Yeah, not everyone and can afford a printer. No. We <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that no, that's it's actually, it's, hey, no, no, no. Printer no, ink no. is expensive. Yeah, it's, it's not the printer, it's the ink. It's the that's ink, the yeah, the printer's not the Ford Magenta. Yeah, so. <laughs> I don't even use it, but I need to pay yeah. for it somehow. So anyways, um, went out, stepped out of the car for the first time, like, oh, God, like, lucky I've brought gloves, lucky I've brought a beanie. This is going to be freezing. And even my mum said before I left home, Nick, have you got a thick enough jacket? And I'm like, yeah, I think so, but it was definitely not a thick enough no. jacket. And I had a puffer on. Not this puffer, it was a thicker than one this one. Okay. Well, the conditions were miserable, but how was the game? So, the game, uh, we got there, Josh Parrish and I called the game. Um, it was not, look, from a pure football standpoint, it wasn't a great game. Okay. The stakes, though, it felt so tense. It just felt like everything that happened in that game, there was just extra magnitude to it. Mm. It felt like a big game. Well, it seemed um, like the, the crowd made crowd it was, pretty Crowd good was pretty good. Yeah. Crowd was pretty good. Uh, really good turnout from the South fans. Yeah. Um, I think if it was a, a nicer day, we would have had a better turnout. Yeah. Um, first of all, first half, I mean, Oakley were without Joe Knowles. One thing to keep, obviously, to remember, he's on yeah. trial with Brisbane Raw. He was also suspended, suspended well. for that game. On trial, yeah. five yellow cards, so he wasn't able to play. Uh, so they went with Chris Lucas, who started, and he was brilliant. He he took that opportunity in the starting line. He was very good. Um, and obviously South without Liram Almazi, they didn't really affect them too much defensively. They went with, you know, the usual suspects, mm. Jeeba, Marshall, Yankovic, and Norton. Well, so what, what okay. was the midfield pairing? Because midfield pairing was Schroen and Lang Langlois. Okay, so they went with the two. Because yeah, so I think that was the, sort of the concern mm. is that they don't really have like a ready-made defensive yeah, midfield so, presence. So, so they, say, so they went with like that. Yeah, okay. and then further up it was uh, Webb, Brennan, and Mikola with obviously Harry Sawyer leading the line. Now, Oakley actually had the better of the chances early. So Daniel Clark now... He had a chance inside the first few minutes, which was saved on the goal line by Javi Lopez. And it looked like it almost crossed the line. It was an inch from crossing the line. Daniel Clark was brilliant, I've got to say. He provided a lot of energy in the final third, just running all day, causing havoc. Uh, probably should have scored. Unlucky not to. Uh, but as the game wore on, South grew into it. So Oakley had a really good burst out of the gates. They went. They went for it. They were pressing. They were having opportunities, but just were not able to break the damn wall. Chris Lucas uh, had a really good chance as well. Um, and wasn't able to put it away, put it over the bar. And then the second half starts. Now, for those who are watching at home, I need to, I need to um, break the fourth wall a little bit here, Lockie, because I feel like for those who are watching at home, might have been a bit confused as to what happened with the commentary setup of this game. Now, Josh and I, were, we made the agreement. This is a bit of an insight into the commentary situation when you, when you do a, a, have two people. You go either the share, play-by-play, play-by-play, one goes play-by-play, one goes colour. It's usually one or the other, right? Josh and I decided well, three games. like I was at George Andrews here. You're by yourself. Yes, yeah, so or you're cold. by yourself and it's just you and you're talking to Lonely. yourself. Yeah. So I said to Josh, Josh said, look, you know, we can share. I'm like, look, I'm not fussed, but he was with you in Epping and he was the cameraman in that game. Yeah, more on that and later. I felt bad that, you know, he hadn't. I'm like, look, all right, I'm happy to step aside, whatever. Josh hadn't eaten anything all day other than a banana, I think it was. And he to be was fair, plenty of potassium. Yeah, plenty of potassium. But early in the day, it does <laughs> not get a lot of sustenance. So <laughs> him and Dieran, uh, shout out to Dieran as well. Uh, best wishes with your travel. Farewell. Yeah. Farewell. Um, enjoy, love your work. Enjoy been great the UK. working with yes. you over the last few a years. Camera operator for yep. sportscast, but long time South yep. Melbourne uh, cameraman. So uh, Dieran and Josh at halftime were like, "Geez, we need to get something. Like we need something to get in our system." So. They ran off to the bar and grill inside. As you do know, that is absolutely packed inside Lakeside Stadium. So then they decided to detour to the coffee stand next door. Now, I was sitting there just, you know, freezing, waiting for the second By half yourself. to start. Uh, gloves on. Like me waiting. and George Andrews. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, it was getting close towards the start of the second half. I'm thinking, Jesus, how long has it taken to get whatever they're looking to get, chips or a souv or whatever? Um... And then in the end, I see Dieran sprinting across the pitch, but there's no sign of Josh. I'm like, oh, no, this is this is all right. Uh, my number's been called, Lockie. I need to get prepared. So for the first 10 minutes of the second half, uh, Dieran just goes, all right, Josh is coming. Just, just you're going to have to do it. I'm like, that's fine. Not an issue. Did it. But in that period of time, poor Josh missed the goal. So he did 80 minutes of the game. And he didn't get any of the goals. Mm. So I got the Marcus Schroen goal. Well, <laughs> how, how, how did that goal come to pass? Because it, okay. was, it was a it was a, a Mikola long Mikola throw. Long throw. It was a, yep. And then could Nick have done a little bit better Well, Nick Feely spilled the beans and he was appealing mm. for a foul, but there was no foul. And Feely just dropped it. Uh, he mm. went up for the, the contested grab. 
uh, but he dropped it and then Schroen was there just to tap it home, easy as you like. And then from there, really, it was all one way. Oakley lost Oscar Dillon to injury. It looks like a hamstring. It's a very nasty blow to their defence, which is already weakened. Um, and, of course, going into the Australia Cup, they will be without Joe Knowles. They can't play Ryan Losty. Oh, no Mario Barcia can't play Mario Barcia well, either because yeah. they're cup-tied. Um, but in the end, South Melbourne just able to do what they do when they take the lead, put numbers behind the ball, frustrate and not allow Oakley to get back mm. into the game. Chris Lucas had a, you know, it was Joe Guest, had a good chance to pull one back. Uh, that was really it. So in the end, South Melbourne wins. Oakley doesn't win the 2021 Premiership, which they would have won with a win. They still can win. They still though. can, yeah. but that would have secured it. And it keeps Port Melbourne in the hunt for top two. But South Melbourne, five points clear with... Uh, four games to go. Their spot in the finals, at least, is wrapped up. So back in the finals for the first time in five years, Lockie. Yeah. Incredible it's, it's taken this long. But it's a great turnaround from all involved at South it is, Melbourne. And there, there, I reckon there yeah. would have been a real satisfaction as well to enshrine that yeah. against Chris Taylor. In well, it was particular. actually enshrined going into the game. Uh, but uh, we Well, I mean, the, yeah. probably enshrining yeah. so, the Premiership too. Yep. Yeah. So they've, they've basically probably. wrapped it up with four games It would to have go, to be spectac- like a spectacularly yeah. poor run of results. And, and South Melbourne are one of the few teams that don't have to worry about the Australia Cup among the finals. They're actually the only team other than Port Melbourne that don't have to worry about it's Australia Cup. It's weird to talk about yeah. Australia Cup and have no... Staff. Yeah, so South Melbourne... the theme of yeah. this Australia Cup. There's a lot of big mm. teams from New South Wales as well who just aren't there. Yeah, obviously South Melbourne had that game against Melbourne City last year. But uh, South Melbourne now, I think, can basically cruise to top spot, locking a home, uh, basically a home semi, a week off. Um, and for them right now, they're just going from uh, really just going mm. from strength to strength. They take on Altona next week. And as we mentioned, Oakley up against Bentley away. Interested to see how that Altona game goes because yeah. they did, Altona, if memory serves me rightly, at Paisley Park, actually did give South Melbourne some, like, real yeah, problems they did. because of the they defensive did. brand of football. But as we said, this is a very different yep. Altona Magic side that they're currently facing. Uh, just one more question yes, for you, Nick, yes, because yes. Uh, a news article came across my, my desk yep. uh, in, a, in a foreign language uh, in relation to this this game. Mm. Uh, I think it was Paul Mavrudis who, who reshared it from Neos Cosmos trying yep. to claim that there was an incident in which Oakley had a goal that wasn't Yeah, the Daniel, given. Daniel Clark... Uh, whether that crossed the line or not, but we couldn't tell from where we were okay, standing. Because Harvey Lopez had, like, when he'd saved it, it's like he'd blocked our line of view. And even we were saying the assistant referee probably couldn't see. So, okay. So straight and, bat from Nick Tabana. Um The referee, uh, Lockie Kievers, um, probably had a better view of it, but he decided it was play on and it was a save. So... Uh, from first-hand account, we couldn't see straight on, but okay. um, in the end... Great. So we don't get yeah. it cancelled by anyone no, who's listening to no, this absolutely. That's perfect. Uh, let's, we're, got, we're almost running out of time, Lockie. Let's go to MPL 2. Big weekend in the promotion race. Um, yes. Let's start off with Friday night. Uh, Brunswick Juventus 5, Langwarren nil. Unfortunately for Do your we mob, Langwarren. Well, look, we're, we're going we're gonna to run through these games very quickly. Uh, Brunswick Juventus, after uh, not playing the week prior due to uh, the pitch being washed out against Kingston, mm. uh, they get back. They're right in the thick of it now for the promotion race because yeah. that result was helped along the way by Moreland City dropping the bag, Lockie. They dropped the bag on Saturday at, at Well Money Park. 1-0 ahead and then Brunswick City in the last dying minutes with a penalty that was saved and the rebound falling back in the favour for them, and they were able to get the Chockeys. Well, not the Chockeys, they maybe got half a chocolate, but at the end of the day, it took points off Moreland City. It cuts the gap on top, well, for that promo- last promotion spot, well, it is, it's to only three points. And, and Brunswick Juventus have a game in hand with a superior Kingston. goal difference. Yeah, so win that game, and they are in the promotion places directly yep. off their local rivals. And that goal as well coming from Jesse Macaroonis, a former Moreland City man who was so integral in their push for promotion in 2018, which they fell oh so short of in 2018 as well with uh, Lissandro Paz, who was playing for Brunswick as well that day, who is also a former Moreland City man. But Max Bassetto getting on the score sheet that game. I'm really liking the look of Max Bassetto, the younger yeah, of uh, the Bassetto uh, brothers that are playing, obviously the sons of Morris. He's, I um, think he's only 18. But, yeah. yeah, every time I've seen him this season There's, really has uh, mm. stood out. Stood out. I thought he was the, probably the, you know, the the last time I saw him would have been that 8-0 game. <laughs> uh, he was really the, the only bright one, But he was. One. He was the only good player yeah. in that side on the day. Yep. So just as well, uh, moving to the other sort of big game in that promotion I, race. I see on. that North Geelong, North who Geelong. are probably okay, but they left it awfully late against yep. Werribee City. I think George Werribee. Ellis scored in the 89th yeah, minute down at Elko Park. He did, and Werribee have been a very tough team to beat over the last few weeks. Obviously, they're battling to get out of the relegation playoffs 
Um, but it's mm. a good result for them. Obviously, North Geelong as well. One name that did come across my desk that is now featuring for them, Anthony LeBarn, who has yes, made the move from, from Melbourne Victory. victory. Uh, so making a move back to North Geelong. Mm. So in the end, North Geelong with the 1-0 win against Werribee. It keeps them, I believe, five points clear on top of the table. Yes, eight points clear of Brunswick Juventus. Obviously, as you mentioned, Brunswick with that game in hand. But with four games to go, it's looking quite sure that North Geelong will be a... Will be, will be promoted and will be in the top tier next year. Down at John K Memorial Park, Northcote, 4-0 winners against Golden Valley Suns. The kids were on show. Kotze's corner was up and about after the game. A 4-0 win for them. They're actually finishing this season, three wins out of their last five in some okay form. Well, they're, they're enjoying that, uh, that, that post-manager change glow at the moment because uh, two games now under... Under Andy Skoulos, my yep. you know the uh, the interim manager until the end of the season, a former assistant mm. to to Peter Salakis, and they've won back to back games, yep. mind you, against you know teams towards the bottom end of the table in Lang Warren and the Golden Valley Suns as well. But you know the good they can only beat the teams in front of them, and under Andy Skoulos, they've beaten. Both of the teams in front of them, so that's yeah. uh, that's a good that's a good good result. Absolutely, and obviously uh, two goals as well from Zach Bates in some really good form as yes. of late. Who scored the well? Yep. He's claiming that he scored the winner yep. against Lang Warren. The jury's. I think the, yep. the dubious gold panel still assessing it. <laughs> so, uh, as well, Monday night, two games last night. Kingston nil, Pasco Vale 2. Pasco Vale left it very late, but at the end of the day, they got the job done. Uh, two goals very late on in the game coming from Harris and Terence Carter coming off the bench. Yeah, it was, a, night. So, it was yeah. a real night for uh, impact subs yeah, in the NPL 2 last we'll, night, we'll get, we'll get to the Manningham derby in just a sec, but for Pasco Vale, it's a massive three points because that drop points of Mornsey does keep Pasco Vale in the hunt. In the hunt, yeah. Four points off with four games games to go. They're still believing. We'll talk about their game, what they got uh, coming like the up last week. episode of The Sopranos. They are. They don't stop believing, That's but I don't think they're going to have someone come in. Well, and actually, down at the Veneto Club, FC Balloon Lines, it probably is yes, time for them to start Yes. Yeah, so last night, <laughs> Lockie, we were, or not last night, Monday night, so again, my day's mixed up. We were down at um, down at the Veneto Club for the Manningham Derby, Balloon versus the giant killing Manningham United. They've been in great form, undefeated, yep. I think, in the last now, five games going into this one. Yep, so Balloon went down early through Kojo Brown, bit of a deflected effort that uh, found its way in, and then Max Batchelor equalised from the spot. And the game sort of fell into a bit of a holding pattern until this moment. Uh, early in the second half, uh, Nick Volgaris, a former Bulleen player, was breaking down the left-hand side, and then Dante Conte, a former Kingston City man. Now, we're going to preface this. Dante Conte, Lockie, give me the stat on this. Oh, okay, okay. What was his disciplinary record going into... Uh, he, b- going into before he signed for, for Bulleen? Yeah, what so he, he was a mid-season acquisition for FC Bulleen Lions coming across from Kingston City, where, if my memory serves me correctly, his record uh, in his start to the season at Kingston was eight games played, two red cards. Mm-hmm. Two red and cards. And five yellows. And five yellows. So, so already irrespective of how good the player is on the pitch, I would think that any coach or analyst or person involved in making signings worth their salt would be like, hmm. That's a concern. That's a I red reckon flag, that's a yeah. bit of a red flag. Uh, quite, <laughs> quite, literally, quite literal yeah. red flag. Um, or red card. Well, I, I would be concerned. So anyway, he comes across to Bulleen, has had two cameos off the bench, mm-hmm. I think of 54th minute and 45th minute mm-hmm. in the last two games. This was his first... Start. Starting ahead of our boy. First start at the Veneto Club. Starting ahead of the man with the Inspector Gadget Arms in the MPL2. Uh, if you ever get the chance to watch the FC Bullion Lions live streams, make sure you look at uh, Jean-Louis Embarascio's running style. Inspector Gadget Arms, it has to be seen to be believed. But a big call. A big call to start Which... him ahead of a man who has played pretty much every game for the Lions this season in Jean-Louis. And he gets, in his first start... A third red card of the yep. year for a stamp on Nick Vulgaris. And then from there, Nick, it was on. On for young <laughs> and old. It was a... It was a everyone was in. I mean, George Zavaranis... So, basically, to, to, to recap, it, so Manningham were on the attack. Yep. Nicholas Vulgaris is running forward. Gets it fouled. Basically runs into Dante Conte. They both topple over on one another. And I think in that moment, Dante Conte took exception to the way in which he was... 
barged mm. over and that was where the little stamp happened yeah. and that's when it kicked off. Yeah. Only in the end, a red card for Conte and a yellow card for... Zamoranis. For George Zamoranis. And I've got to say, Nick, because <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, Manningham play their home kit is Sky Blue, Berlin obviously playing in the maroon. I've got to say, when they were <laughs> brawling with one another, it did look quite a lot, and apologies for the cross-sport reference, it looked quite a lot it like the standard It looked like it origin. was Origin 3 if, if, from if, the other day. If, um, if one took Choi for Berlin and George Samaranis weren't going one-on-one, it was the opposite goalkeepers. In different colours. Uh, the goalkeeper against goal, uh, against goalkeeper. Crazy. If they weren't there, I would have been like, okay, we, we're, we're playing the state of origin at yeah, the end now. Absolutely. I'm all for it. Yeah, and you saw everyone running over. So the fourth official, uh, <laughs> the fourth official, Luke uh, Jenny Martis running across the pitch. We saw Nick Tubby and Vincent Nutso as well getting involved to help Oliver Bannister, the referee. It was on for young and old. And I'm very surprised that Ned McCarthy didn't get sent off as well because when mm. the play stopped, he came and completely steamrolled Dante Conte. And I was very surprised that he didn't even get a yellow card. Um, but in the end, play went on, Lockie. Sorry. Can I, sorry, can I just say one more thing about the red cards? Because yeah. I do want to put it out there to the listeners. I know what you're going to say. Dante Conte, as we've mentioned, three red cards for the, for the year. Now, that may seem exceptional, a stat to you, dear listener or viewer, mm-hmm. whatever you may be. But I've got something even crazy for you. He's not the only player in the NPL 2 this year with three red cards. There are two. Uh, Lang Warren, Captain Rogan McGeorge, also has three yep. red cards this season. And now I know we've got some history buffs uh, who have watched or listened to this show and have told us that they listen to this show. Uh, you know, Tony hello Pasolia. to Tony Pasolia if you're watching. Uh, and if you've got access to the, to the red card history books, um, I don't know if such a thing exists. <laughs> yep. But if you do... Can you tell me, I would love to know, I would love to know because I've never, ever, ever seen it, if there is another season of Victorian football in the NPL where two players have gotten three red cards in a single year. And not only that, that takes the grand total after two red cards in separate games last night, it takes the grand total of red cards in the NPL to this year to 41 red cards. That ju- I don't know. I don't know what that the is average... incredible. Like, I tried to Google what's the average <laughs> number of red cards in a season, which doesn't really work because, you know, yeah. seasons play a different amount of games. But I've, it just feels like an astronomically large amount. Like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going crazy. No, no, like, no, it is. That it is meme huge where the guy's, like, got all the red tape yeah, across yeah, the just, board and it's like, you know, Pepe Silvia, it's uh, yeah. from um, Always Sunny. But... I don't know whether I'm going crazy, but no, that, that seems like a gargantuan number of red cards. Yeah. And no, six of them bang on. for two people. Yeah. If you've ever seen anything like it or can beat it, um, even if it's your own state league season, uh, please do get in contact with either myself or Nick yep. uh, or just uh, the FNR radio yep. channels. Absolutely. Well, Lockie, we've got to quickly rush through the rest of this game, but what a winner it was for Emmanuel Peters coming on, uh, targeting that right-hand side, which Fasa Diamichis weirdly didn't make a sub to bring. He left Carlton Westerday all on there and yeah. kind of fed him to the, uh, the Wolves. Yeah, and that was a great finish for Emmanuel Peters and great scenes uh, from the Manningham fans. Uh, oh, they, they were came to life in the second very, half. Very, very yeah. good voice well, It is a, obviously a local derby, but it leaves Boleyn seven points off the pace. Manningham... On the other hand, now nine points clear of the bottom two. They are in some ripping form at the moment. Just racing through next week's fixtures in MPL 2, uh, Brunswick City versus Northcote on Saturday. That's the MPL.TV featured contest down at uh, Dunstan Reserve. Manningham versus Moreland, which if the trends are anything to go by, Manningham are going to beat Moreland. So, yeah, well, they've taken points off every side in the top yeah. five so far. They've already got a draw with uh, with Moreland City. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can do it again. Yep. So if you're a Brunswick Juventus, still Boleyn fan, I guess, or Pascoval fan, you'd be hedging your bets, hoping that Manningham can get the job done. Uh, Boleyn, it's really now their tiniest of chances of promotion. Uh, Absolutely perfect. 20, uh, Werribee, that, they go to Werribee on Saturday. Not an easy game because Werribee as well being two points inside the drop they need to win to get out of that promotion relegation battle they're two points behind both Lang Warren and Kingston who actually play each other on, on Monday, Monday night. night that's a very important huge game, game. it's a very important um, game as well on Saturday GV Suns taking on Brunswick Juventus up in Shepparton and probably the game of the round Pasco Vale hosting North Geelong at 5pm on Saturday down at CB Smith Reserve I can't wait for that because if Pasco Vale wins it does bring it if, as well, Brunswick Juventus do win as well, it brings North Geelong right back into the hunt, really right back into the pack, and it gets Pasco Val potentially right back in the hunt for promotion. So looking forward to that. Quick run through MPL 3, Lockie. North Sunshine 3, Springvale 2. Preston Lions with a 1-0 win against Whittlesea. They're closing yes. in. Goal number 11 right of now. the year for Connor Bell. Seven straight wins 
uh, five straight clean sheets, uh, an eight-point gap now between them and Melbourne Victory, and also the return of a Preston legend, uh, Sash Ogdenowski. Well, just yeah. an Australian football legend, yeah. really, in many respects. Um, came back. He, he's obviously re-signed in the mid-season window, came off the bench for Victory, mm-hmm. but he got his first start uh, in Preston's injury hit back line uh, played for the first time as a Preston starter since May 2018. Which is pretty and crazy. And look, i got to say, he didn't look out of place. Yeah. He did not look out of place at all. Well, I'll tell you what, it's good to see him back out there. And Preston at the moment closing in on promotion. So a big game next week against yeah. Western United, who did win 2-0 against Melbourne they, Victory. Yeah, they win that and they're pretty much yeah. guaranteed. Western United have given themselves an extra chance with what was quite a, a, a shock win, really, a, against Melbourne Victory in many respects. Uh pretty much largely down to uh, Yanni Panakos who scored a, what a, goal. a ripping goal from 25 yards. And can, yeah. I, can I just have one point about Yanni Panakos? Yes. Do you know what his Instagram handle is? No. Yanisius Jr., like Vinicius Jr., but he's oh, changed like it. He's, he's really embracing the tag. I don't know whether he's changed that after the goal or whether that's <laughs> always been the thing, but yeah. his thing is just scoring against Melbourne Victory because he mm. scored it both times against them. Uh, didn't get the result the first time around, but this time he did uh, a massive, massive... Um, shoot yourself in the foot moment for victory who brought down most if not all of their leading talent some of them who had played against Manchester United the night before and they went down 2-0 they yep. had made enough chances to win three games they went down 2-0 yep. really hanging by a thread now well that certainly helps Nana Wadding who got a point against Melbourne, Melbourne City, City there yes. four points off the pace obviously Melbourne City now only two points clear of Preston on top of the table you'd think both those teams are going to get promoted nonetheless but it's a big point for Nana Wadding Dubton 2-0 winners over Ballarat City and Box Hill winning 2-1 against Geelong so Ballarat City and Springvale still in a bit of a battle uh, for who's going to go down to the state leagues but at the moment Ballarat a point clear going into the last four games Friday night Preston versus Western United Probably the game of the round. Looking yep. forward to that one. Saturday, North Sunshine taking on Doveton. Again, huge contest there uh, for North Sunshine. Whittlesea versus Melbourne City. Top versus bottom uh, down at Epping. Ballarat taking on Melbourne Victory. A lot on the line for Victory. Nunawading versus Box Hill. And Geelong taking on the Springvale White Eagles on Saturday night. Lockie, before we go, let's get our predictions for this weekend. We don't have the whiteboards here in front of us, but, okay. we'll, but it's good for the podcast listeners anyway. It doesn't it change is. for them. Rejoice. Friday night. Knights, Dandenong Thunder, Knight Stadium, 7.30pm. I'm going to go with a repeat of the scoreline that happened last time these two sides played. I'm going to say Dandenong Thunder 3, Melbourne Knights 1. I'm going to go Dandenong Thunder 2-0 winners. Quite comfortable. Ooh, clean just, just, the yep. Thunder. The, you know what? Their defence has been really yep. good recently. Uh, Thomas Maritich has been playing well. I think they'll win and they'll keep their slender, slender promo, uh, promotion. Uh, finals hopes finals. alive. Um, Saturday night, South Melbourne versus Altona, 6.45 at Lakeside. You know what? I'm going to be really boring. I am going to go for the same scoreline the last time these two sides played, which was 1-0 South Melbourne. Yep, I'm going to go a 2-0 win to South Melbourne. Yeah, I think okay. it'll be a bit more convincing than that. Uh, Saturday night in Hume, Hume City versus Green Gully. Big contest for both teams. Oh, I'm really... I reckon this might be sleeper agent for best best mm. game of the round. I just have a funny, f- funny, funny feeling. Mm. I'm going to be really outlandish because I've been so boring for my first two predictions. 3-3. Three, three. Wow. I'm going a 3-2 win for Green Gully. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, St. Albans versus Eastern Lions, Sunday, 3 p.m. at Churchill Reserve. Come on, do it. Tip Eastern Lions, Nick. I know you want to. Eastern Lions, 1-0. Okay. 1-0 <laughs> Eastern Lions, 2-1. Uh, St Albans. Okay, okay. Uh, Heidelberg versus Dandy City, 3pm at the Village on Sunday. 4-2 Heidelberg. 4-1 uh, Heidelberg. Okay, okay. We're moving on to the next game. No, no, no. You didn't give me um, a prediction. Bentley, Oakley, Monday night at Kingston Heath, 7.30pm. Gee, this is a tough one because both of these sides are going to have to be thinking about, well, Bentley, well, mm. Bentley will have already played. And yep. Oakley as well. So they're going to be thinking about management of the squad. Yes. Ooh. You know what, Lucky, if you're taking your time, I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. See, I was going to go 2-2. Two, two. So mm. there we go. Right. A nice little Desmond to round yep. out the weekend. Well, no, not round out the weekend because Avondale have moved their game to Tuesday, Tuesday night. night now, if Park Avondale wins against Port Melbourne on Tuesday night, they will win the 2021 Premiership. Um, and you know what? I'm going to say that their party is spoiled and they're going to fall. So they have to win, just to confirm for, for the listeners. Confirm. they have to win or Let is a draw going to... Let me just confirm. Let me just confirm. My reading was, nope, was two, two points, points behind, behind. Yep. so a draw would get them So there. I am going to be 
the bearer of bad, and I'm going to say it's going to be a 1-1 one, one draw, and Oakley are crowned 2021 Isn't it just, is, So a point's not enough for No, them. they have to win. They have to win. Okay. Okay. I just think just Abedal be, okay. comes a short turnaround as well. Keep that in mind. I'm going to say 1-0 Port Melbourne. Ooh. So we're both saying Oakley's champions or premiers for 2021. Yeah, why not? All right, great. It's fun. I'm sure everyone wanted to hear um, that. Lockie, it's time for us to go. Yes, it is. We need to run. Uh, we do. Thank you very much for everyone who's uh, supported the podcast. Um, we really appreciate all the support over social media over the last few days. We apologise as well for those who saw the mini promotion on Monday that we're going to do a show live from the Venator Club. Unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, we weren't able to do the show. But here we are today on a Wednesday bringing it to you anyway. Uh, we'll be back after the Tuesday game next week only because we want to make sure we find out who the Premiers are and get every game impossible. So uh, we'll communicate what time slot that will be going out on next week. But for myself, Dick Tabano and Lockie Flanagan, see ya.